This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7. Today, we're going to be talking about comfort in the darkness and when your kid is afraid of the dark. We're going to be answering a question about mindfulness, and uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit to someone called Joe Squires. Well, I interviewed her, and I'm going to take some of her wisdom to talk about uh, creating Halloween that fits your family. Uh, So to begin, oh, by the way, I'm recording from home, and both my husband and my kid are homesick. So if you hear some thumps, bumps, and people walking around, that's just my family. (laughs) I am pretty sure I'm not going to be able to make it through any recording without somebody walking in. So just, you know, be prepared. It's welcome. It's family. You know how it is. So uh, nighttime can be really stressful. And uh, can create a lot of fear in our kids. And particularly now the um, the nights are getting darker earlier. And uh, we're about to just head into daylight savings time. And so it's going to get even darker faster. And, uh, and our kids can all of a sudden start manifesting this fear of the dark. Because they're starting to go to bed when it's super dark outside. And uh, we can feel lost as parents and what to do about that. We, and we want an answer. Like what is the... What is the one thing I can do that just magically make it all go away? And so many of us default to nightlights and, um, you know, lights on in the hallways. And we just try to, you know, give them as much light to make them feel, you know, comfortable. But that sort of uh, takes away the problem of the dark. Dark becomes the problem, the thing to be afraid of. And uh, when we just add light to it... Uh, it means that we're not really coaching our kids through how to be comfortable and confident in the dark. And one of the things, uh, as I was helping families through this and and talking with families of all different shapes and sizes about this, the one thing that kept coming up, I think, was that kids often don't have a, this is going to sound posh, but a theology of the night. Uh, because the big question often is, who is God, really, underneath all of the fear, is who is God in the night? And who is God when we're asleep? Um, because darkness and the nighttime sort of have become the opposite of God. You know, daytime and loveliness and wonderfulness, but then it's dark time and nighttime and we all get afraid and and, you know, God is nowhere to be seen and we're just, you know, begging him to rescue us from the dark. And uh, and I'm not sure that was the design. And uh, so I began to do some research and I ended up writing a book about it called Comfort in the Darkness, which is a, a tool for parents to use with their children um, to create a theology of who God is in the night because God is wonderful and there are so many bible stories in scripture about what he is doing when it's dark um how he's providing for us and guarding over us and he is working on behalf of us and he is um giving us dreams about him and there are so many wonderful things so i created a book and i just wanted to read to you the first chapter i know well it's not a whole chapter it's a story um it's 16 bible stories that happen in the dark or have to do with sleep and dreams. And I just want to read the first to you, because I think it sort of lays out the first foundation of a theology of God in the night. In the beginning was God. Before there was anything, there was God. And he was the same as he is now, 
wonderful, kind, perfect, powerful, fair, loving, and wise. And he was planning. Oh, the plans he was making. Oh, the wonders he was designing. They were beyond anything we could ever dream or imagine. He waited until the perfect time, the time that was just right. And then he spoke. The word of God can make all things happen. And with a few words, he began his great creation. Let there be light, God said. And light shone brightly, clear and vibrant. But God made a choice. God kept darkness too. He saved it and protected it. He could have gotten rid of it altogether, but there was something about darkness that was important and special. So he separated the light from the dark. He called the light day and the dark he called night. He had great plans for both. God's hands stretched out the universe and he called the stars into their places by name. He built the sky and created the sun and moon to give light to the earth. And with that gift, he gave us time in days, months, and years. This gift of time would bring a pattern to our lives with our days different from our nights. God looked at what he had made day and night, dark and light, moon and stars and sun, and he saw that it was good. Good because parts of his plans for the world, part of his purposes for his people, and part of the wonders that he was going to bring were going to happen in the night. And so for each of us, as the moon rises and darkness falls, we can expect wonderful things because God is in the nighttime too. And so that's the first story in a book of 16 stories about all of the stories that you know, and some you may not know of, of what God is doing and, and how, um, how he is present and working, uh, in, in the night. And I just wanted to encourage you that there are many things that you can do to help your kid um, when they're scared of the dark. Um, one of the things is create a theology of the night. And another thing is to, to give them equipping and tools of how they can maintain themselves and cope with fear biblically. And there's, there's loads of resources on our Parenting for Faith website if you want to delve into sort of practical tools that you can train your kids in for them to be able to maintain themselves and find God in the night. You just if you just go to the search bar at the top and type in scared of the dark, a whole bunch of videos will pop up. Um, but whether you're talking about who God is in the night or whether you're equipping your kid with specific skills and tools so they can um, find their own comfort and peace with God in the night, I would just encourage you um, to take the next step when your kids are afraid of the dark um, because God has so many things for them in the nighttime and you can help them find it. So the question for the day, it actually came from multiple people. Uh, Many of you wrote in about this question, and uh, I thought it was really helpful. So uh, we're going to uh, take it on. I'm sorry, I can't read all of your individual questions. So I'm just picking one to sort of get us started. Um, And this is about mindfulness. Our kids are being taught a lot about mindfulness in their schools. Is it okay for them to take part in? How can we give it a Christian focus? So thank you all of you who asked about mindfulness. If you don't know what mindfulness is, I I will give you a very bad uh, (laughs) attempt at explaining it. Uh, It's it's sort of about um, teaching children 
skills that help them get out of the swirls of emotions and thought and sort of simplify um, their minds and relax. Uh, it involves drawing attention to specific things. Uh, so sometimes it's it's about sitting quietly and drawing attention to their own breathing or to listen for a sound or to sit and stare at a little bug on the ground uh, or um, to close their eyes and imagine putting all of their worries into a balloon and watching them float away. Uh, it, it is designed to help promote calmness and focus and helping people process emotion, which many schools have uh, found useful and uh, find valuable for children. Uh, but some Christian parents are very worried about its roots as it um, is a part of Buddhism and, uh, med and meditation practices pull on those skills as well. And so, uh, and so we can have many questions about it as a Christian. Um, and so I just wanted to say a few things. I am not the definitive expert on all things mindfulness. So um, you are the expert in your own kids and in what's happening in your local. So I can only talk in the general. Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to say was just because an, another religion uses some of those tools doesn't mean that it isn't useful. Um, our kids have swirling emotions and thoughts and um, giving them tools on how to control those and to uh, feel like they can engage with those can be really useful. Um, and it's also found in scripture. So Psalm 4610, um, this whole concept of be still and know that I am God. And there is a, a biblical principle of just being still and and being uh, with him. Psalm 23, 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. And that concept of God leading us into a quiet, still place um, to refresh us. Uh, and even Jesus uh, in Luke 12, 27, when he was saying, consider the lilies of the field, he was drawing people's attention to something beautiful and peaceful as he spoke truth about it. And, um, God made our bodies and some of the techniques of stopping and noticing your breathing and stopping and noticing specific things in nature um, partner with how he made us to to create that sort of peace. So um, in the essence of it, um, there is uh, something of of just being peaceful with God that um, that can be grasped. Um, but I totally take the point that we want it to be more. We don't want it to just be sort of devoid of everything and just being all about ourselves or just um, finding peace, you know, absent from God. And so uh, how can we uh, partner with what our kids are doing at school to uh, to help their God connection within it? And you can do several things. Um, some of the things is if, if you have a CV school, get involved and say, actually, we'd love for kids to help find peace with God. And you can begin to resource them to do that. And there are resources out there, not necessarily taking mindfulness and, and partnering Christians with it, but uh, just prayer is, is a way of connecting with God. And I'm sure you'll be able to work with them on it um, to do that. But also to teach your kid that when you're doing this at school, um, other people may be doing something else, but here's a way that you can find God in those times. You can tell your kid that they're not just sitting alone when they're just closing their eyes and focusing on their breathing. They're closing their eyes and focusing on their breathing and God is sitting right next to them. And as they breathe, notice where God is because he has promised to be there. Uh, another thing you can do is uh, is uh, if they are doing things that are sort of uh, 
imagination ways of dealing with worry, like, you know, put all your worries in a balloon and float it away. Uh, instead of uh, doing that, you can tell your kids, you know, when you put your worries into that balloon, what you can do is say, here, God, take them away because because he's the only one who can truly uh, take things away and he can he can take your worries and he can fill you with his love. And uh, he's the one who says, cast your worries upon me. And so when you do that, you can just put, put those worries into a balloon in your imagination and you can give them to God because he's real and he will take them off of you. Um, you can also uh, have your kid guide you through it. That's one of the things that I did when my, came home, my kid came home with this. So I said, oh, that sounds very interesting. Why don't, why don't you do it for me? And so uh, I sat down and he taught me, you know, sit down, put your feet firmly on the ground. And he did it all for me so that I could experience it um, in the way that he was being taught it so I could understand his process. I could ask questions and I can, you know, dig around and, and find out, you know, how he perceives it and what he does. And then I could create windows into my experience of that. I could say, oh, I love that because when I stop my body and my mind, I just feel so peaceful, like God's hugging me right now. And I could um, communicate to him ways that I found God connection in that so he could do that too. Uh, so, how how we deal with mindfulness is completely up to you but but i i think there are there are open spaces within mindfulness that we can help our kids find god connection within that Welcome to the wild card section. Uh, I was talking to my friend Joe Squires the other day, and uh, she said something interesting, and it sort of got me thinking, and I thought I'd share a bit with you. Uh, Joe Squires is a powerful uh, leader, and she's a parent, and she also found, founded Big Ministries. She works for Birmingham Diocese with families. She also uh, heads up uh, something huge at Youth for Christ, and uh, she's a foster parent. She's amazing. And she was telling me about how her family approach Halloween. And uh, and if you've been looking at the Parenting for Faith website or following us on Facebook, which I would suggest you do, you would see loads of posts that we have about it. And, uh, and I've put up a whole post about how, what I do for Halloween and how you can make your own decision. And there's loads of resources there for you. And uh, so I'm always intrigued about how other people sort of uh, do it. And she was saying that uh, her family is uh, a real passionate about outreach and, you know, and loving the community they're in. And so they sat down as a team, they call it, which I love. And they uh, decided, um, they wrestled with some, some ideas and the kids came up with a suggestion that they wanted to go around to different houses and uh, give away sweets rather than take sweets. And uh, and they put stickers that I think said love your neighbor on it. I'm not sure, Joe, if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, and uh, and just went around just to, to love people and discovered this wonderful experience of, um, you know, old, some older generation who, who don't have a lot of community would come out and talk for a long time. And, and it really feeds into their big Christmas Eve party that they do. They do like a block party where they open up their doors and let anyone come in for Christmas Eve. And, uh, and it, it was just a really interesting, um, concept to me of, of letting the kids sort of find, um, a missional idea and then partnering with it to love your community. Um, and, uh, and we were talking about it and I, I was just intrigued because I think often as parents, we try to find what's the right thing to do at Halloween and at Parenting for Faith, we're really big on finding what is right for you at Halloween and right for your family. And I just um, loved uh, in the middle of all of our conversations, she said this. For team squatters, hospitality is part of who we are. That isn't to say that that is the case for everybody. Um, and I think, yes, be loving and be open. And yes, God calls us to look after the people who are 
homeless and all that sort of stuff. But if that is not a gifting of yours as a family, find out what your gifting is and do that and excel in that. Mm. So for us, it's not just me and my husband who want to open our doors. It's the whole, all five of us. It's why we've become a foster family because as a family we decided we'd got space, we'd got room, we'd got love to give and there were children who needed it. So they're in, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that, it's a kind of weird way of answering it and I don't know what it would be for other people, but whatever is your gift as a family and there will be something that unites you as a family because that's how God's made it, I believe. Find out what that is and push into that and make that something that is part of your everyday. I think that's very freeing for people because I think we yeah. we often hear families who, like I'm an intense introvert, so the idea yeah. of of letting lots of people come into my house enormous amounts of time just makes me want to crawl in a ball yeah. in my pajamas uh, but that's not us as a family we yeah, have that's, very specific that's things fine. that's really freeing because i think that means everyone's called to something different of course and, and that's why we're a body of christ you know yeah. we're not all big toes are we yeah we're all all sorts of bits of the body and yeah. so that's what's exciting i think and that if we all do the things that god has called us to do it will be an incredible body and an incredible mm. witness to the rest of the world yeah. i love that extra aspect of finding what you're gifted as a family to do. Uh, so often uh, when I think about what we do at at holidays, it's about, you know, what's right for the spiritual development of our kids and what fits with our values. And I just love that, that added element of what are we gifted as a family to do? Who are we gifted as a family to be? And, and making that part of the decision-making process. I found that a really unique and encouraging addition to that. And so as you uh, think about Halloween and find more resources and do reading on the website, um, have a conversation with your family or, or your partner or friends who know you well and say, what, what are we good at as a family? What, when you think of us, what, what do you think of? Because I think we are a little body of Christ within our families and we are different from all the other families. And, um, and we exist in a location. And so however we choose to, to engage with, redeem, or, or reject Halloween, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about who we are as a family and, and to um, think about what, what is your power as, or what is your superpower as a family and how can it be used um, to love people and bring people closer to God? Because... Uh, he's called us to something great and our kids are a part of that and together we can uh, do things that we can't do on our own and that's a very valuable thing for our children to learn in any season and lastly we want to uh, send you home with a question to ask your kids uh, i'm going to take these questions from uh, the comfort in the darkness book that i read to you earlier, uh, just to uh, start a conversation uh, with your kids. Uh, you can either ask, uh, what wonderful things do you think we can expect from God at night? Or what is your idea of a perfect nighttime for us as a family? Or if you want to ask another question, what would life without nighttime be like? What would life without nighttime be like? Any one of those questions would be an interesting start uh, to begin to have a great conversation with your kids about the night sleep and dreams. Have a good sleep, hopefully. I pray that every hour that you sleep counts as three. And uh, may God bless your family in this season. 
thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.